Yeah, well, hi church. Um, today is Mission Sunday and uh, we do this once a year so that we can just, uh, I guess, report and celebrate, I guess, what God's doing through us here at a church at, at VCC. Because as Pastor said, really, this is the vision of the church, it's the vision of our church, to reach people for God and help them become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. So we want to share the good news of the gospel and uh, praise God. We've, uh, you know, I'd always like to be doing more. We'd like to see more people being saved, but we're doing a lot. And I think it's, uh, it's good to just to focus on that once a year and give thanks to God that we're vessels that He can work through, that we can bring this wonderful good news of salvation to a dying world. And so... Um, we're going to report on, on some of the missions that we're doing sort of outside of the house, I guess, is the focus for today, um, plus some of the in-house ministries. Um, but before we do that, I always like to kick off these sessions with a reminder that really missions actually start with each and every one of us. Um, and so our personal witness is very, very important in what God wants to do in, uh, in the kingdom and in, in our society. Um, you know, our mission statement mirrors the Great Commission to go into all the world, to preach the gospel and to make disciples of all men. That was Jesus' command. In all four gospels we read it and it should be the priority of the church and it certainly is our priority and that's why we've made it our, our mission statement. We're not a social club. We're here for a reason. And the reason is to get people to heaven, to share the good news, the gospel, the grace and the love of God to others. And so um, today we're going to highlight, uh, as I say, some of the great things that are happening um, uh, and uh, very pleased to be able to do that with you. Um, one of my favourite scriptures is from 1 Peter 3.15. You've heard me mention it many times, that we should always be ready to give an answer for the hope that we have. And um, before we move on to highlighting some of those ministries, I just want to remind you all about our prayer care share card. Now, this is something that we can all get involved in. In our, as I say, in our personal witness. We provide training, mentoring, opportunities to go out in teams, to, to build up your confidence so you can share your faith with others. And this is a real practical little tool. God spoke to me earlier on this year. I was praying for the people on, on my card, um, not as regular as I should have been, and uh, I wasn't as deliberate about it. I mean, we can have good intentions, but unless we're deliberate about something, I find it doesn't really happen. And so I'd encourage you, if you haven't got one of these already, they're available at the Information Centre, what we call our Prayer, Care and Share Card. And the idea is, um, many of you know this already and are active in it, but I just want to remind you that the idea is that you, you know, there are some people that you're the only Christian that they know. So God's relying on you. And so you might think, oh, I don't know how to go about it. Well, could just commit yourself to the Lord and start where you know to start. Start praying for people. Put their name down on here and start praying for them. And as you start praying for them, you'll find your heart has shifted. And then what also, well, God will, will provide opportunities you for to, to share his love with them in some practical way. That's the care part. So look for an opportunity to bless people. It might be praying for a need that they may have. It may be just helping them in some practical way. So Start praying for them. Look for opportunities to care and then the time will come when the Holy Spirit will open a door for you to share the gospel, to share your faith, your testimony with them. And then the rest we leave to God. We can't save anybody. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. But Holy Spirit needs people to work through to get this message of life out there. So I, find, I think this is a real tool to engage us uh, in something practical rather than just being an intention 
that we get busy and we get busy and we get busy. This is something we can do. And I have to say this year, and I'm not boasting, I'm just saying there's been a massive difference in my life that I have made a, a commitment. My morning devotional prayer, which was generally about me and my family, is now expanded. And I am, I am praying every day for not only these people, I've got about 20 on my list now that I'm praying for every day. Uh, and I'm praying in other areas as well. My prayer life has actually expanded as a result of that and you know you think it's hard I haven't got time but once you start it you do it for a half a dozen a dozen times 20 30 times and becomes a habit and you don't know how not to do it so grab one of these if you haven't already if you have already got one and it's sitting somewhere in a drawer pull it out and um, let's get busy about the father's business okay all right so that's that so anyway I want to move on to uh, missions today and um what we're doing here at, uh, at Victory. And our support with missions uh, covers sort of many things. Uh, obviously, it's prayer support. We're committed to partnering with these ministries in terms of prayer, uh, providing finances. And uh, we, we give a lot of money out of this house, not to build this house, but to bless and help build the kingdom. Now, our giving this year um, is slightly reduced from what it was previously. We've sort of like a lot of uh, organisations, suffered, I guess, the, the flow-on effect from COVID and we had to you know, make some, some, some cuts and so on, but we're still giving a lot. And I'll talk a little bit about that as we go along. And of course, in many of these ministries, we're actively involved in partnering and working with them to deliver the services and the, and the things that they're doing. As Pastor um, Stefan said, the, uh, Di and I have just come back from our uh, trip up to Bangladesh uh, where we have a, a mission up there. Now, this was our first trip up there in five years due to COVID and so on. Normally, I tried to get up there um, uh, every couple of years, but the last time we went was Pastor and I actually went up in 2018. So this was the, um, the first time that we went up there. Now, um, there's a slide here on where Bangladesh is, in case any of you don't know it. Um, it's a, uh, a Muslim country um, uh, bordering India, on the left there, and uh, Myanmar, Burma on the right, and above it, you can see um, India and then up to China. So it's in that part of Southeast Asia, a uh, country about the size of the South Island, and it's, um, there, I'll get out of the way, a um, uh, country about the South, South Island, it's got 175 million people. So it's one of the most densely populated countries in the world. 90% um, Muslim. Uh, small Hindu population and the Christian percentage of the population is 0 0.05, they reckon, of the population is, uh, is Christian. Now, our, um, we have to fly into Dhaka there and then we, then we uh, fly from Dhaka right up to the north. You might be able to see a town there called Rangpur. Well, if you go up to the left of that, really nearly in that top, top, top left-hand corner is where we are based. So it's quite a rural, remote area. Um, and we're in a city, outside a city, I won't name it, but uh, it's around about 100,000 people. We're just on the outskirts of that city. So that's where we're, we're based up there, ministering to, um, providing support um, for those that don't know, um, uh, providing a safe house and care and facilities, mainly for destitute women. Uh, women that are uh, from the minority populations, Christian mainly Hindu, that have no uh, means of support, no uh, husband, no uh, family, no village. They're out basically living on the street, living rough. And we take them in and provide a roof over their head, provide for their medical needs, um, clothing, obviously feed them uh, and, uh, and support them. And some of them come in with children. We're not an orphanage. But some come in with children, but we, we provide education with their, for the children. so that Because these women 
all come in. I would say 95% of them are illiterate, never had an education. Um, and many of them also come in that are very sick, have medical needs. So we come in and we start to minister to their needs. Of course, obviously, we're ministering to their spiritual needs and bringing the love and the truth of the gospel as well. Um, and you should know that this mission is, this is not something that's a, a, a big operation. This is, this is an operation that is funded 100% and unique to Victory Christian Centre. They don't get funds or support from anyone else. This is simply coming from us up there. Uh, I won't go into the background of it. I've shared it many times before, but it started back in the 90, early 90s with a lady from New Zealand, a missionary lady from New Zealand called Cardia Bevan, who went up there and met with the local pastor. Uh, we'll show a picture of him right now, Sashil. There he is there on the right-hand side. A lovely Christian man, and Sashil uh, partnered with Cardia, and she would come back to New Zealand to raise the support um, for, to provide the funding for the work up there. And so she's gone to be with the Lord, and uh, we took over at Victory Christian Centre in 2009. And we've been supporting it ever since. Now, um, I was a bit concerned about travelling up there this year. In fact, I didn't tell Di this, but in fact, uh, the government on their uh, safe travel website had a, a travel warning not to go to Bangladesh unless you <laughs> had an absolute need. But uh, we believed that this was the time of the Lord, and um, and so we uh, we made the journey up there. I mean, it's uh, as I say, they're quite hostile to. Um, to the Christian message up there. Um, and we've had a lot of um, hassles and problems up there in our home. Um, but uh, nevertheless, we uh, thank you for your prayers because honestly, things went very smoothly. Last time Pastor and up there, we had the, and I were up there, we had the police following us. Um, but this time we had a, 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 it was just a lot more liberty, liberty and think the whole trip went very, very well. We had no problems or hassles, no sickness, no, no problems at all. So praise God for that. Um, we're very, very, very pleased about that. The big news, I guess, from the ministry this year, um, there's been a big change up there. They suffered dramatically uh, during the whole COVID lockdown. There was no government support like we had here. Uh, there was a lot of civil unrest. Uh, the, the, the natives got restless, if you like, and were taking out their frustrations. Um, and uh, as a result, we decided, because our current house was no longer suitable for purposes or safe, that um, we would move house. So it's a long story. I won't give you all the details. You remember some years ago, we raised money to help put a second story on it. We basically completed all that. The house was a lot bigger, but it was getting, um, uh, the area where we were was getting built up around us. We were getting a lot of hassles from the, um, some of the more antagonistic militant Muslim element of the community. Uh, the house was attempted to be burnt down. It was an arson attempt. We had people in the house that were mothers, children that were assaulted and beaten up. Um, and it was becoming more and more oppressive and a less suitable operation. Also, the house was in a very flood-prone region and many times we were flooded out. That was one of the reasons we built the second story to provide a, a refuge, I guess, during the flood season, during the monsoons. Um, but anyway, to cut a long story short, um, uh, we decided it was needed to, uh, to move to move house. Now, the good news was that we got a good price for it, relative, and um, we have uh, been, Sushil's uh, been able to build a new house, a lot smaller, I might add, but it's uh, a lot safer area. It's also in a higher area where we're not prone to flooding any longer. And uh, as I say, this is the first time we've seen the property. As I say, a lot smaller, but still um, a great facility to have to be able to help. Um, these women. The other interesting thing about um, the house and the ministry is that it's changed quite dramatically. Um, before we used to have women that would come in and stay for quite a long time, many of them. Uh, but I have to say that uh, when we went up this year, I think 
there were probably when we went last time when Pastor and I went, there were about, probably about 50 people living in the home, which was maxed out. We shouldn't really have that many. It was designed for 30 to 40. Um, but this time we've gone up there, and I think there was only two or three women that were there from when we last went. They've moved on, which is a good thing. It means we've, they've got themselves better and established and gone out and made a better way for them in their lives. And that's what it's about. It's about empowering people, sending them back out and taking people. We can't accept everybody. People come knocking at the door every day. Please, can we come in? But what's happened is that the house now is actually, how can I describe it? It's probably more than just a safe house. It's more like a night shelter like a soup kitchen, because we have many people coming to the door every day. And so Sheila says, look, we can't take you in, but look, come in and have a meal with us. So we're feeding them, and then away they go again. And then as people leave, um, we, we, you know, we can take the odd one in. Uh, we have to vet them and so on. And it's a very, very heart-wrenching thing to turn people away. Quite often people come also, and particularly as we're coming now into the colder season, it gets very, very hot. When we were up there, it was 38 degrees. It was stifling. It was the hottest I think I've ever found it up there. I, we, we, I struggled a bit anyway. But um, over winter, actually, it can get very cold because they're quite near the Himalayas. And so we get people coming to the door and, you know, just saying, we're cold. So we can give them a blanket. We can give them some clothes. So we're doing that more than we did before rather than being able to host everybody, which I think in a way is, uh, is, is quite a good thing. So um, uh, it's changed. So now there's only 24 people there. Um, uh, we've got some photos now coming up. Let's have a look at some of the ladies. This was, this was actually taken at the old home. I wanted to show you this slide because there's Di uh, from a previous visit. Next to die is Shashil's uh, daughter, Shanta. And the lady on the left, that is Shashil's uh, wife, Puhati. And the lady on the right, she's been there the whole time. She's looked like the house matron, Galu. And she's a, a strong woman, both physically and in personality. And she rules the roost. She's the boss. And so quite often if Shashil's travelling, visiting villages, and someone comes to the door, she will ring him and, you know, she will ultimately help make the decision about what we do for people. So that's Galu. And the little fellow at the front there, he's grown quite a lot now. That's um, his little son, uh, Samuel. Next slide. Um, that's this from this visit here. There's Di and I and Shanta again, who's based in India with an American mission station up in India, actually. But she comes down because her English is quite good and she helps us translate a lot. So there's um, Shanta and that's in the new house. Now here, you see Di, this is also in the new house. Now these ladies here, were, we used to be in the home. They heard we were here. They'd gone on. The young one on the right then, when we, when we came originally, she was only like this, three, four, five years old. She's married now, got a good job, is now in the community. This is what this ministry is doing. It's fantastic. She got all dressed up to come and visit us and they, they just want to honour us and see us. It's a, quite a, I mean, it sounds silly to us, but to them it's a, a big honour for us as Europeans to be visiting them and, and uh, they're greatly honoured by it. So next slide. Uh, here is a picture of some of the women. Um, and some of the children that are in the home at the moment, there's Sashil on the right, myself obviously, uh, Di in the middle there, and, um, and, the, and the boy there next to Di, that of course is the, the son who's now grown quite a lot since we were last there. So next slide. Um, this, is, uh, well, this was at the old home with some of the women. Now none of these women are here anymore now. They've all gone on, are in villages, have got jobs, uh, are doing, doing a lot better than when they arrived with us. That's a typical preparing of a meal. Next slide. Uh, this was how we used to eat in the old home. We haven't got the outside area now to do this, so we eat inside. But of course, we used to eat outside. All those children there now are all gone. All gone, but they've been educated. They're still in schools. Most of them are doing well. We, we don't know the story behind everybody, and I can't say everybody's been a success. But uh, we hear many, many reports that they've gone on and are now independent, which is the whole idea. Next slide. There we go. That's the rice supply for one month. They have 25 kilo sacks, 10 of them. 
come in. That's how much rice we eat because you have rice basically for breakfast, lunch and dinner. It's the absolute staple. And rice, of course, um, like they've been terribly affected by inflation. Um, like we have been here, but even more so. Rice, when we first went up there, was about 42 taka, um, 42 taka um, a kilo. Now it's 75, so it's doubled in 10 years, the price of rice, and it's just, it's, it's crippling. So next slide, please. And this is in the new home here. This is once again, uh, preparing food every day, because you've got three meals a day, so it's, you're always preparing meals for such a large family. There's Di helping out. Next slide. They didn't think Di could peel potatoes. So anyway, there, there she is showing that she could peel potatoes. Here, this is the kitchen in the new home. And they always they cook over open flame. We don't have gas or, or electricity as such to stoves. So you'll see there the clay pot. Now, Cecil made that. He made that himself. And they, and they stoke it with wood. And um, they boil, boil up there. And that's where, they, that's where they cook things there. So that's another prep station there in the kitchen that's attached to the new house there. And there's the final product. This is a sort of this is a typical meal that Di and I got when we were there. And this, as I say, wouldn't matter breakfast, lunch, or dinner. It's much the same. Uh, rice with various dals uh, and accompaniments. And of course, they treat us. They don't normally have meat because it's too expensive. But in some of those bowls, we've got a little bit of a very bony mutton and uh, so some chicken um, and and rice and dal. And uh, I mean they. We didn't go hungry while we were up there, I tell you. You can tell I, I put on a few pounds, in fact. It was, um, it was, uh, and it was very nice. Simple, but very nice fare. So that's that there, uh, just an idea. Now, every morning, of course, we, we're there also to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. So every morning we would um, do our devotions. This happens whether we're there or not, by the way. So Sheila there's got an old, very old-fashioned piano accordion, I suppose you'd call it. And we'd sing, uh, they sing a couple of Bangla songs. Uh, the people all sit on mats there. And then while I was there, I would bring the word. And we would do about a, a half hour devotion, if you like, teaching, try and encourage them. And then obviously we pray for them. And they are desperate for prayer. Most of the people in the house now, actually, this is quite interesting, Pastor, um, there are a lot more Christians there. We've taken more Christians in. It just happens to be the way it is. Not that we give them preference, but we have more Christians. There. And also we've had a number being saved. Uh, in fact, there was a lady while we were there. She'd been, she was one of the ones that was there from the last time we went, one of the two or three. Very resistant, very, very resistant, very stuck in her Hindu ways. Well, she, and every day she said, no, no, no. Before, when we went to left the final day, she said, yes, I believe. And she gave and, and Shashil was going to baptise her the next day. So praise God for that. So um, we're, we're sowing the God. We're trying to bring the hope that is in the word to these people. You know, um, and, and now, Di, why don't you come up now? This is now, Di, Di uh, let me introduce this. Oh man, this is touching. The woman will open up far more to another woman than they will to a man because of the, the cultural thing. It's a very much a cultural thing. So they love Di being there because they, she has a way with the children. She has a way with the children and the, uh, and the mothers that I just can't, can't replicate. So um, here's Di sharing with some of the... Um, uh, craft work that we took from Victory. Yeah, so, so we brought some colouring ins and things like that uh, to minister. So what I would do is I had a translator. I had um, Ashanta, who was Sushil's daughter, and she would translate for me. So I would do a Bible story with the children. I'd sit down with them, and then we'd do some colouring ins. And I've got to say, these kids, I've taught 
children's church here. I've taught Bible in schools, but these kids just apply themselves like I've not ever seen in New Zealand. They sit there, they listen with intent, they they take it all in, they're interested in the stories, and then the colouring in, they were just doing it so perfectly, and they were spending hours doing one colouring in here. They just go like this, you know, and then they throw it out and they're bored. So, so it was really interesting to see these kids. This one here, I did um, creation, seven days of creation. I gave them each a day, and I, I would say, this is your day one, your day two, your day, and you've got to remember. And so, because I learned a few words in, 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 in their language, and, um, and so they'd have to stand up and tell everyone what their day was and what their day meant. And then what we did was I, I had some um, floor chalk, you know, and this was concrete floor, so they would have to draw the day that they represented. And they spent hours doing it. But what I really loved about these kids is they worked together, they helped each other, they showed love and care for one another, which was really very... Rep- this is another day and another another colouring in. And it was just awesome. You know, these kids are just so hungry and so grateful for anything. It's just incredible, Yeah. Our kids could learn a lot from these children. Obedient, um, respectful and helpful to each other and loving to each other. A real sense of community in that home, I must say. Next slide. Now, this is me with a woman. Oh, bless them. That's Galo in the blue. Oops. Oh, and uh, that's them all waving. And, you know, these women, I've told them about our church family and... And I say, you know, our church family are praying for you. They love you. And, and they are just blown away by the fact that they have a church family in New Zealand who cares about them. Them, these poor, you know, um, everyday women that, you know, have come from nowhere, destitute women, that you guys love them and care for them and pray for them. And they were just like, wow. You know, the fact that we went there to visit them, mm. what meant a lot next, to these women. Yeah, next and, slide. Yeah, yeah, so he's hurrying me on. This woman here is called Bonita, and her baby is called Joba, and the other girl is Joya. Now, these Peter was talking about how we had to turn a lot of people away, especially now that we've downsized. Um, they, this woman, her husband sold their house and ran off with a younger woman and left her, her and these two babies with nothing, destitute. So she had to turn to begging. She came to the home begging for food, begging for help. We fed her and sent her away. She came back the next day. We fed her, sent her away because there's no room in the house. She came back a third day so she couldn't turn her away. So she's been in the house now for six months, six or six or months to a year um, as part of the family. She's still Hindu but we're working on her. Yeah, and these are the ba- oh, while we were there, our bubbies got chicken pox. We had a, a chicken pox outbreak, and so these two um, have chicken pox, and they're just sleeping there, tired. We prayed for them, so um, the fever did break. Um, you know, they, we did break their fever with fear um, with um, prayer, which was really awesome. But these now, this one, shall I tell you about? Yeah, quickly. Rayol. Yep. <laughs> Rayol touched my heart. Rayol touched my heart. He really did. Um, and this is colouring in. He did four colouring ins. The first one was like crazy. The second one was better. The third one was even better. The fourth one was perfect. 
And it was almost like art therapy for this child. This child wasn't there. He was he had left the building. You'd look into his eyes, and I'm going to start crying. <laughs> you would look into this boy's eyes, and he was vacant. And he, he was there with his grandmother. His, his mother had abandoned him. And they'd been there for a year now. He was about four, and he just checked out. And he, he, you know, I would, he would do colouring in, and I would just give him a different colour. He wouldn't look at me. You're just colouring, colouring, and he'd do another colour, and I'd hand him another pencil. He'd just colouring, it's like going automatic. And we prayed for him. Should I tell him now? Mm. We prayed for him, and we saw breakthrough in that boy's life. He, you know, he had the light switched on again. And uh, hopefully we prayed against the spirit of rejection and we don't know what's gone on his life beforehand. Some, some of these kids have been, and mothers have been through some terrible, terrible things that they didn't even want to talk about. So yeah, I, I hate to think what's happened to his life, but we're believing there's real breakthrough now. And he's in a safe home, praise God. So he, was, he touched my heart, this one. I got a smile in the end. Now. Okay. Thanks, Di. Was that all? Yep. Oh, no, I'm not finished. You're not finished? No. Well, carry on then. Oh, getting, getting back to the mothers, <laughs> Peter would talk about a story, you know, about hope. He, he focused on the hope we have in Christ. And there was a woman from this church who gave us some crocheted, um, Kay, I don't think she's here today, some crocheted um, crosses. And, and before we left, I gave, um, following up, I talked to the woman about, you know, what P- P- Peter had, Pastor Peter had spoken of in the morning. We'd follow up on that and I'd ask questions and I'd elaborate. And the, f- the f- theme was hope we have in Christ. And I'd say, here's uh, this woman at my church made these for you. And they were just like, wow. There was these little crochet things. And whenever you're feeling downhearted or disheartened or sad or fearful, you just remember the hope you have in Christ that Peter was talking about. And you, you, you just look at that and, and remember that. And they were just like blown away that they had been given a gift, but they'd hold it right to their hearts. And man, you know, such, so, so grateful for so little. It's really humbling. Thanks. Okay, thanks, Di. Awesome. Yeah, we could, we could speak for a lot longer on, on many, many things. Um, regarding um, regarding the, the ministry up there, obviously for this time we haven't haven't got to do that. Now here's a photo. Uh, this guy, once again, we were in the house, get a knock on the door, not unusual. Comes to the door and he comes in and he said he heard you were here. He just wanted to visit. And I said I looked at him and I thought he looks familiar. Now this guy, when I first went up there in 2009, Sushil had rescued two young men from from prison. They had been used, they were orphans, they had gangsters that got hold of them, and they were using them as drug mules to run drugs across the border into India. The police had caught them, they were in an adult prison, living in squalid, terrible conditions. Sushil knew the, one of the superintendents, one of the bosses at the prison, and this guy said to him, look, I've got these two young guys. He said, this is no place for them. He said, but we've got nothing to do, we don't know what else to do with them. Um, can you help? Otherwise they're going to have to stay in here for probably 20 years. And, um, and, and Cecile said, well, I don't really take boys in. We are, this is not the purpose of our mission. But anyway, the Spirit of the Lord stirred him and he took these two young guys in, um, Bishwa and this guy here, Chandra. And here he is now, an adult, growing up, 14 years later. Married, got a great job as a mechanic and going well in life. And he just wanted to come and say thank you. 
Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Anyway, anyway, we, so we had a great time. And um, this is, we went to, we um, used to be able to go to the villages. It's a lot more restricted to travel up there now. But um, we were able to go and visit one village. And here's a visit. There's Sushil on the left uh, with his wife and child. And then the three people, the uh, husband, he's a good, good Christian man, this guy. Uh, I've got nothing. Uh, next slide. They live in these villages just out in the countryside with some livestock, a rice paddy at the back that they, goats and, and uh, very, very primitive. No running water, uh, no electricity to a large degree. Sometimes they do, some villages do. Um, no sewage, very basic living. So we were able to go out and minister there. And that there is a, um, uh, when we went to the airport, they all wanted to come and see us off. So we paid for a van and um, a couple of vans and they took us all down. They all got dressed up for a big occasion. And eh? it's a two-hour drive from the home to the local airport. Uh, and uh, it's a whole other story about the traffic conditions over there. But anyway, um, that's, that's because I'm not Goliath. I'm standing on something, um, something taller behind there, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, that was as we were leaving. And um, yeah, as I say, it was, a, it was a wonderful trip. And I forgot to mention um, earlier on, uh, with the new home and all that. The good news was, normally we've gone up there and there's been financial needs. Shashil's a wonderful man, but he's probably not the best finance manager in the world. But I was pleased to say that the new home is completely debt-free, completely paid for, finished 99%, and he's got no debt. So I said, how much? Because he normally says, I, need, I always find out what the story is, what's going on, and I have to give him money. But uh, we took up some extra money to bless him with anyway, and they were going to use a lot of that to buy extra clothes and things for the winter and, and so on. But so the, the situation up there was far more encouraging than I thought. I, I was really quite concerned. And uh, we've got to have further meetings as trustees and, and leaders here to decide uh, the future of the, of the home and what we're going to be doing as a church. But uh, I've come away very encouraged. So um, thank you all for your support there. Um, that's great. Now, quickly, I just do need to move on for the sake of time. We're going to just highlight a few of the other ministries. I'll come back in the middle. Okay, well, I, I do block the view by the looks of it. but Okay, so um, just some of the other ministries that we're uh, supporting here at Victory Christian Centre. Um, uh, Feed the Hungry. Feed the Hungry are a uh, global Christian relief and evangelistic organisation uh, that we've been supporting right since Victory started here. We knew we had to sow money into the Kingdom of God. And so um, it was started in 1987 by Dr. Lex Summerall, who some of you might know. Um, and their mission is to feed the body, the soul and the spirit and to bring Christ to a starving world and uh, to bring food and aid and to work with local pastors and to help build the local church. And uh, they've been around the world working for many, many years now. Our financial, our support for them is just basically financial and prayer. Um, and we give a significant amount of money every month to that organisation. So praise uh, God for the, for the work that they do. Once again, you can go onto their website. You can get further information about any of these ministries if you want by talking to me or just Googling them and, uh, and so on. Um, secondly, we uh, support Evangelist Stu Miller, who, of course, visited us earlier this year. You might remember and ran a, ran a workshop that a number of you attended. Stu, of course, is living by faith, and he, uh, he is going around teaching and training, equipping uh, the saints and churches to how to share their faith more effectively. So Stu Miller, um, Nick, yeah, that's him there. And um, uh, he's based in Brisbane, and um, he uh, he's doing a great job because what he does is not only does these workshops and trains and equips, he's got an amazing website where he provides all his resources, downloads, tools for free. 
And so our funding not only helps him live and survive and support his family, but also provide these resources for the wider body of Christ so that we can be more effective in sharing our faith. That's his family there. As I highlighted at our prayer meeting a couple of months ago, the youngest boy um, at the back there, Matt, um, has uh, got a, a very, had a very uh, negative uh, diagnosis, health diagnosis. And uh, at the moment, we're standing in faith, believing for his uh, full recovery. He's uh, currently with his father in Mexico seeking some uh, alternative treatment as well, doing what they can in the natural. But let's continue to believe and stretch our faith towards that family and, and that, boy, that, that boy is going to live. Come alive as we sing in Jesus' name, we say to Matt Miller. So uh, praise God for Stu and his family. They uh, need our prayers, a particularly uh, challenging time at, at this moment. Also, we uh, had visit us early this year, Pastor Tom Ingalls, a great friend of the house here. And we, we support him not only when he comes, but on a regular monthly basis. We're contributing to all these ministries. Pastor Tom came here, of course, ran his uh, worship and warfare seminar, which we thoroughly enjoyed. And he's based in Sydney. And our funding for him enables him to travel internationally, once again, to bring this revelation of the key between worship and revival and souls. It's incredible. And so he's got an amazing revelation, amazing ministry, and we want to see that go forth. So what a privilege it is to partner with such an honourable and wonderful man of God to help bring um, his message uh, and win souls. Psalmody, it's called Psalmody, if you want to look that up. Psalmody is the name of his ministry. Also, we support in New Zealand here the Hope Project, uh, evangelist Dave Mann. Uh, this uh, should be um, no, um, no news, good new, new news to you. We, uh, every year we support the Hope Project and distribute the little uh, booklets that a number of you have been involved in helping out with that. We appreciate that. Uh, Dave, of course, is a champion for the gospel and empowering churches and getting churches engaged with the community um, to see people uh, come under the influence of the gospel and get saved. So once again, um, we'll be doing again in 2024. Um, we'll be facilitating in the Hutt Valley region, um, like we did last year, the um, distribution through other churches and our own resources of the, uh, the Hope Project booklet. And of course, that's a great opportunity where the church at large, a wider church gets together street as we give out those brochures. We're praying for our city and we're reaching out. So we like to support what Dave's doing in the nation. He's not only doing the Hope Project, he's got other initiatives as well. Great resources for the body of Christ. You can just go onto his website also. Also, we are supporting a very good friend of ours, Pastor Nigel Woodley, who has a ministry called For the Protection of Zion, I Speak Up. Pastor Nigel, there he is. Great man of God, great friend to us, part of the ICFM family, one of the trustees of ICFM. And of course, um, is based in Flaxmere in, uh, in Hastings. And uh, is it one of the, would, he would be one of the preeminent voices for, um, uh, as an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people in our nation. And um, he promotes truth. He's got amazing knowledge about the history of Israel. And uh, of course, particularly with the current conflict going on there, he's doing a great job in promoting, uh, um, I guess, the cause uh, of Israel that we stand with. Uh, we also support Prophet Len Butner from the Eagle Ascend Ministries. Um, Prophet Len and his wife Linda there, they're once again great friends to us. He carries a uh, prophetic anointing for the nation and speaks and ministers into many churches uh, uh, prophetically. He also is an expert on church governance and provides oversight for churches, and including this church. He's on our advisory board, so it's a great privilege to pastor and support Pastor Len and all he does. Um, also, Family First. 
Next slide, uh, we've got Pastor uh, Bob, Bob McCroskey, of course, from the Family First. That also should need no introduction to you. Of course, we've been promoting a lot of his material with the election on this year. And he'd be one of the greatest sources in our nation for, for biblically-based truth about what's happening with current events. If you're not signed up for his newsletter, go onto the Family First website and do that. Um, it costs a lot of money to do what they're doing, and so we give regularly, monthly, into that ministry to support what Bob and his team are doing there. Just want to summarise a couple more things before we do finish. Uh, you know, I talked about all the ministries, including CAP, including Bangladesh, all the other things we're doing. And, uh, you know, it's not about the money, but you should know that your giving goes out to support a lot of work. And we can't see, and we won't know till heaven, the benefit of everything we've done. But I want to let you know that even as things have been a little bit tighter, we've still managed to give out over $50,000 worth of, 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 of money to, to these organisations to do, help them do what they do. Over 50 grand, and that's all of our money that's used to build, build the kingdom. Yeah, that's over the, this last 12 months, yes, last 12-month period. Um, and, I mean, that's going out of the house so there's no benefit to us. It's directly to go to sow into the kingdom. Um, we've got other ministries. This is the regular support. We also give one-off payments, and we also support um, a number of other ministries. There's Bible and schools. that Robin's working up there in the Pomari uh, school, primary school there. The launch pad, as it's called now, taking the gospel into the schools there. The Voices for Life, and of course we've got the March for Freedom um, happening, uh, March for Life, sorry, happening in a couple of weeks' time. We support them uh, financially. Uh, we've got another minister up in, a in Asia, Japan. To John Thwang up there in the Myanmar, who we've supported. Uh, Neil and Tiao, of course, which was a church plant out of this house that we've supported up there in Morrinsville. And of course, uh, our, our good friends over at the Victory Family Church in Martinborough, we're supporting them in many and varied ways as well. So we're not limited to, the, to what I've promoted today. And of course, we're also funding a lot of activities that we're doing here at Victory through our men's, our women's ministries, through our youth through our icons ministries, our children's churches, um, where we're always trying to put on something to make church a desirable place to come. We call it fun, food, and friendship, leading to um, faith, forgiveness, and fellowship. So uh, sort of a bit of a slogan we have to try and connect with our community. So, of course, that all takes money. And, of course, uh, Pastor mentioned that during the notices that we're always looking for new opportunities. How can we connect with more people in better ways? And, of course, we've got this Tahahi opportunity whereby we can meet the spiritual needs of our community through this initiative with the police to help families in need there. Uh, once again, please sign up for that today. Um, and um, also uh, I've met with a, a guy who leads a sports chaplaincy ministry and you'd be surprised the amount of sports teams that are looking for spiritual input incredible what an open door and to go there so next year we'll be, I'll be talking a little bit more about that and there may be some opportunities there if you're, you're geared that way and um, for sports chaplaincy Obviously, we, we don't keep stats as such. It's all recorded in heaven. But, you know, we just praise God for the souls that have been saved this year, whether it's through your personal witness, through the CAP ministry, through on the street with Pete and his team, um, whether it be through people responding to altar calls here as we regularly uh, uh, give an invitation for people to give their lives to Christ here. And also, we don't know what's happening online through our online ministry and resources that are going out there. But we praise God for every soul that's been impacted and saved. We praise God for what we can do to help build the kingdom. I want to just commend you all for your support, your prayers, your giving, and just encourage you to stay active in your personal witness and be thinking about where you can be more engaged as we work together to bring this gospel to our land in Jesus' name. Thanks for watching Victory Christian Centre. 
For more content, please subscribe to our YouTube channel or you can subscribe to our podcasts on Spotify, iTunes or Google Podcasts. Check out our website at victory.net.nz. We'll see you again soon.